You're listening to the Food Freedom Life Podcast. My name is Brittany Allison, and I spent six plus years stuck in diet binge cycles, hating my body, and envying others who seem to have it all because I never felt enough. What I discovered in my journey to food freedom and becoming a registered dietitian is this. You can either live your life at war with your mind or learn to work in sync with it. So if you're ready to learn how to be in tune with yourself and evolve your life, welcome to the show. This episode is brought to you by Food Freedom Lifer, a monthly membership program with all the resources, support, and community you'll need to clear your mental space from food and make room for the mental shifts needed to become an embodied intuitive eater. Packed with bi-weekly Q&A style coaching calls, live trainings and workshops, monthly exclusive content, my signature Fear to Freedom program, and bonus access to my body image reset course and binge style makeover workshop, all packed into a community where you can feel heard, validated and cared for. And this is huge. Each month your member directly contributes to a discount on one-on-one sessions with me. So you can also get individualized support. Everything is included for just $37 a month. And if you sign up for the wait list, you'll receive a code for your first month free. The program starts in January, but head to the show notes to get the link to hop on the wait list. Okay. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today on the podcast, we have Talia. And Talia, actually, you may know her from her other business venture called Workweek Lunch, which is an online meal plan subscription that was kind of following the intuitive eating ideology. But she's done a total switch. And her new venture is actually why she's on the show today, which is her podcast, Dating Intentionally. And this is a show that's dedicated to help you date with confidence and have more fun in the process. She talks all about tips on using dating apps with success success, how to navigate relationship milestones. And she also shares a lot of real life dating stories as well. So welcome, Talia. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to get into this. Yeah, it's really great to have you. And we were just having a quick chat before we started recording that I stumbled upon her profile and I didn't realize that it was the same person who ran Workweek Lunch. And I didn't (laughs) realize that she had this whole new venture. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. So I really wanted to bring her on the podcast, especially So many of my clients are dating and struggling with body image and those two things become really enmeshed. And so I thought you would be a really great fit to have on the show. So I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah, me too. And so just to start off, what led you into switching gears with Workweek Lunch into talking about all things dating? Yeah, dating intentionally was originally just a creative outlet for me because I was getting a little bored talking about meal prep all the time. And I'm like, I want to write about something else. So I just started the account while I was dating like crazy after a breakup. And I just, you know, part of it was like, I was talking to my friends who were single and I'm like, wow, I'm the only person out here having fun. Like what is going on? (laughs) So I started the account and then I knew in the back of my mind that when I sold Workweek Lunch, I would probably switch to like just kind of jump in with a business around and podcast around dating and just kind of like really go all in on that. So that's how I got there. So cool. I mean, it sounds like you really just felt it in your gut that it's time to move on. This isn't lighting me up anymore. And I'm having this like massive thing happen in my life and I want to talk more about it. So that's yeah. Yeah. I love that. And what has been your journey with food and your body image? Did that ever play into dating for you? So really great question. I mean, I think that my uh, food and body image journey like lent itself more to the meal prep stuff. Like I started working lunch as like just because it it was like the thing to talk about as a weight loss thing. But I never really yeah. like I was kind of just doing it because everyone else was doing it. And then I did discover intuitive eating through Christy Harrison early in that, like in the first year of me starting working lunch. And then like I had my healing journey while 
learning how to cook and everything. So like that, by the time I got to my dating phase, (laughs) I was in a relationship that whole time. So that's by the time I got to my dating phase, I had already done a lot of work on healing my relationship with food and my body image. So I feel like I had a nice, it just like, wasn't something I worried about at that point. Mm. I'd already kind of done a t- like years and years of work on my mostly on my own. And then of course, through uh, talking to a lot of experts like yourself and reading books, um, I was able to heal my issues, which, you know, of course, came from growing up with an almond mom, you know, um, uh, you know, my mom is very into fitness and he- and like clean eating and all that stuff. So I grew up around that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it kind of, it seeps into a lot of things in life, but that's really great that you were able to kind of heal from a lot of that before you really dove into dating. Yeah. How does body image impact the dating experience for people? Oh my gosh. I mean, I work, I have, um, I'm not offering coaching right now, but I did have a bunch of coaching clients. And um, one of the biggest themes is that like feeling insecure about your body, like on the dating apps because everyone knows that it's it, it, it's not a competition but it can feel like one because everyone knows that everyone else is swiping and looking at the profiles it's very based on looks and visuals that's how these apps are designed and like I don't fault the apps for that like that's part of how we choose people is with our senses our eyes like we are looking it's okay to look at people and decide if you're attracted to them or not mm-hmm. but I do so I, but I do think people are really aware of this and it can definitely trip people up when it comes to body image and make things a little worse. Yeah. And that's a good point that we are kind of visual creatures and we do make assessments on people based on what we see. But at least what I see a lot with people who struggle with body image is they feel like it becomes very all or nothing in the mentality Mm -hmm. that like, because I look this way, because I'm at this weight, nobody is going to find me attractive. Nobody is going to want to. I'm shaking my head because that's just not true. Yeah. I say this to my clients all the time you are someone's type like everyone's someone's type you know what I mean and it's and and also like looks are only really quote-unquote important to get you to the first date and after that it's your personality it's your values it's your characters like you it isn't really the thing that carries a relationship forward Mm. yeah at all like yeah that's a really good way of putting it that looks kind of only get you to the first date yeah because like people, yes, we cha- we 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 uh, our looks change over time because of aging and just like we switch up our our style, what we're wearing different haircuts, different mm-hmm. makeup, whatever it is. But like your character and values are what persists through your whole life, pretty much. Like it's you know like who you are at your core, and that is why you get into a relationship with someone, not because of like their hairstyle or uh, their body shape necessarily. Like you know, so I think. Yeah, people need to remember that for sure. Mm-hmm. And would you say that different age groups or different genders approach body image concerns differently in dating? I think, yeah. I mean, I want to say actually no. I think uh, I would. I I'm from my perspective. No, I think that um, like a 22 year old with there could be like a 22 year old woman with body issues, and there could be like a 48 year old man with also body issues in dating. Yeah, I do think that it it does weave its way into all ages races like everything is any person can have yeah for sure yeah everybody can struggle you don't necessarily struggle more at one age or the other yeah for sure I mean 
I don't know. I guess I don't believe in ever being like fully healed within any aspect of life. Like I, I talk a lot about like attachment styles and stuff. And I think the same can be said for body image. It's like more of an acceptance and feeling, finding the, you're finding your way to loving certain aspects of yourself and being okay with the rest, you know, kind of is what the goal should be. Never like I'm fully over it. I fully no. don't care. I don't know if that's possible. Really. I don't know if that's what we should aim for. I agree with you completely. I mean, I think even acceptance is a place that we kind of weave in and out of. And it's not like, okay, I've arrived and now I'm here. And yeah. Except always, right? I think and it's- the body's changed. So it's just like yeah. you have to, you have to just come back to that process every time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's not just, okay, I'm good and I will forever <laughs> be good. You know, yeah. different things happen in life. And I think even when we're talking about dating, you know, a relationship might, end for whatever reason, but then some of these issues might come back to the surface and mm-hmm. you might get really in your head about like, oh, was it about my body and all of that. So how can somebody deal with appearance anxiety when approaching dating? So I would say it's normal. Yeah. You know, it's normal to have that anxiety. And I think there are some things that like, like I feel like anxiety loves action, right? We want to do something mm-hmm. to fix it. So I'll give you that. And I think that good hygiene right like that is something that you could practice at any size (laughs) um you know literally just taking care of your hygiene will help you feel better about going into dates also wearing clothing that you feel good in at any size and it's again it's like you're not shrinking your body to fit the clothes you want you're buying clothes to fit the body you have and like you can look there are so many options out there like you can find a style that works um i think having a pre-date routine to make you feel great. My pre-date routine involved a lot of Doja Cat and <laughs> like dancing uh, while putting on makeup, you know, and like that always like made me feel like ready to go on a date and like fun and stuff. Mm-hmm. So those are like three things I think like actions you can take to balance out some of the anxiety and like be like, yeah. you know what I'm putting, like you can put an effort without changing the shape of your body. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things you can do to feel good on the outside that have nothing to do with like working out, changing your eating or like anything that, you know, will send you down the spiral of like that, you know, negative mentality where you're stuck in restriction. Mm -hmm. When we are really focused on how we look, we kind of get tunnel vision that this is the only way that I'm going to feel good about myself. This is the only way that I'm going to find a partner. This is the only way that people are going to find me attractive. But I mean, confidence is sexy. Yes, exactly. Confidence is the main thing I think that you like you need that like I I think that confidence is something that looks good on everyone and it can kind of make or break it because I also think like there could be someone who's very conventionally attractive and like you know straight size like whatever and they don't have a lot of confidence and they're not as attractive like to another person it's just like yeah and then there are also plenty of really good looking people especially on the apps who are really crappy like as a person you know what I mean and they're no longer attractive so it's like being attractive is very actually like not that much to do with how you look it's like do you care about yourself and does it look like you care about yourself which can be so many things right and do you do you carry yourself with a confidence and ease that makes other people feel more at ease and confident Mm. yeah yeah your energy and the energy energy. yes yeah yeah and I feel like you can sense that through a dating profile too yeah, I mean, you can't sense everything through a dating profile, but yes, I do think you can you can definitely tell a lot by someone's pictures <laughs> and how they're carrying themselves, how they're holding their, themselves. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like the guy that, you know, just has a bunch of shirtless mirror pics. You're like, okay, you (laughs) sure maybe look conventionally attractive, but you also kind of look like you're a dead person. Yeah. Like he can be rude to waiters and then it's over. Like, yeah. 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 Yeah, Like on the apps, I always tell people to, they should like look for like, I quote, like quote, quote, decent looking enough, which I know sounds sad, but it's like, do they just like look normal? That's kind of like, do they look like someone you could probably sit across or next to or across from and just have a 45 minute conversation, which also like that's more based on prompts than pictures, right? True. Because like you could talk to anyone no matter what they look like about you'd have like incredible conversations with someone, you know, you don't even you never even see their face. Like, you know, so I think it's that's that's the the benchmark. It's like, could I talk to this person? And like, could I potentially enjoy chatting with this person is the mm. benchmark on it on on the apps, not like, is this the hottest person on the <laughs> Yeah, that's such a good point. Because that goes back to what you talked about before, too, that personality and your vibe and your energy, that's so much of what we find attractive. And so if we're only going off of looks, and yeah, looking for the hottest person or looking for people that we are just immediately super attracted to and we're not giving anybody else the time of day we could be missing out on a really amazing connection because of that I had to train myself out of that I had that habit too of like really just focusing on looks and I switched to not so much and it was way better I had much more fun dating Mm -hmm. when I was like just more focusing on do I vibe with their prompts and like again do they look normal I'm not saying you have to go out with people you really find unattractive because yeah that's like you have to honor yourself with it. You're not you're not a bad person for thinking someone's unattractive. Like I always tell people, like go out in the world and look around. Like most people are average looking. Like when you just go out and look, go to the grocery store, you know, if you're running errands. Yeah. Like like the apps, it's people putting their best selves forward. But like totally. and for guys, especially like I I mean, I my audience is mostly like uh heterosexual women, uh dating men. So like guys especially they're they look way better in person than their pictures because they just don't have a lot of pictures you know yeah Yeah. and when it comes to you know women listening who are on the apps like no matter who you're dating accurately representing yourself is extremely important because if you don't accurately represent yourself on the apps you are way less likely to never get a second date even Mm -hmm. if you even if it's like a, even if it's something like a different hairstyle, some people can feel a little deceived or like, oh, that's not what I expected. So yeah. even if it's not, it's not like a, it's like this is could be a neutral thing, right? Like, oh, you had long hair in your pictures and you had short hair um, in person. It's mm-hmm. still like, a, oh, it's not what I was expecting. So like, I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to go on a date with this person again. So if there, if you have had changes in your body, which again is totally normal and fine, you've got to have some updated pictures because. I think that's the number one reason on both ends, men, women, everyone don't go on a second date with someone because they're not, people are not accurately representing themselves on the apps. And it's, it sounds like it's not even necessarily because of the body that you have now or the way that you look now. It's that yeah. change in, okay, this it's is the expectation. Expected. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's kind of like, is there anything else you're hiding from me? And right. you lying right. about other things or whatever mm-hmm. else that deception yeah, like, piece. Yeah, exactly. It's like it breaks that trust kind of Mm -hmm. from the beginning and it can't because it's so new, it can't recover. Yeah. Same with like, I think talking with men who are dating women, it's like they're one of their biggest complaints is they don't want filters. They don't want the like sneaky angles of like hiding things. Just like you have to show up as yourself because they're going to see you on a date. (laughs) Like there's no filters or or like sneaky angles in real life. So you might as well just 
should put, you know, get good pictures for sure. Like good lighting, ask your friends to take your pictures and all that, but make sure they're recent and accurate. Really good tips. And I was going <laughs> to ask, do you have any other tips for building your online dating profile for someone who struggles with body image? Yeah. I mean, okay. I think I, I would say one, the number one thing is don't wait. Like, I think I hear a lot from folks who are not, they're not aware of like the intuitive eating community or anything like that. They're like, oh, I have to lose X pounds before I start dating or oh, I need to like, I'm not going to start until this happens. Just like, no, like you do not need to do that to date. Like mm-hmm. someone out there is going to absolutely love you. Like you're, you are dateable. I always say that to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I think my number one thing is like, don't hesitate. Don't wait. Just go on now. January is coming up. It's like the biggest time for dating apps. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And also the holidays are the, like some of the highest volume times for dating apps because everyone's like bored with their families, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they're swiping it. They're like, oh, I'm single on Christmas. So I guess I better get on the apps. So like, yeah. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I didn't I didn't realize that, but that's a, a good little tidbit. So I'll have yeah. to get this episode out, out ASAP so people can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, somebody who is like really dead set on I have to lose weight before I start dating or before I really put effort into this. Maybe they're, you know, on the apps, but mm-hmm. they're kind of not really putting a ton of effort into it. What other advice would you give to somebody? I mean, yeah, like on the apps, whether, you know, in dating, whether you're on the apps or not, you can't really control who is attracted to you and you can't control what's coming towards you, like what's incoming. Like people make everyone of like any size gets nasty comments online like on dating apps like people just are because it's like behind a wall you know and so you can't really control that like it really does suck especially for women I think a lot of guys just for some reason I don't know I don't know why I don't think that this behavior is acceptable or excusable but we can't change it like we have to know how to field it and that is just like unmatch block delete and when that I want to I want people to hear like when that happens like don't twist that into the dating pool sucks there's no one good out there everyone's horrible it's just it's not true like there are good people out there there are plenty of people out there who are very respectful kind and would never say these things but the rude ones are always the loudest (laughs) and like so I think that's something really important to keep in mind for like your mental health when using the apps to Mm -hmm. understand like it's not you you're not the reason people are coming at you. Like if they, if you do get nasty or like sexual or like weird comments from people, it's not your fault. You're not doing anything wrong. People are out there just believe that this is okay. And you just know your tools are blocking and deleting and reporting. Yeah. And yeah, I'm matching. Like just, that's it. You don't have to deal with these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not about you. It's not. No. Yeah. That's really good advice because it's, it's hard, right? When people feel like, you know, I need to change myself. It's almost like it gets reinforced by some of these people who yes. say mean things, but yeah. there are always going to be assholes out there. And it's not our job to change ourselves, to protect ourselves from the assholes. Right. It's our job to advocate for ourselves. And like you said, you know, block report. It's delete. not even worth like talking back to them at all. It's not, yeah. they're strangers. They're, they're, they're not even real until you meet them, to be honest. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how I, yeah. Yeah. True. And so if somebody who's dating has had a partner in the past who's been maybe negative about their image or if they've experienced rejection based on their looks or weight, how can somebody approach dating now when they've had those experiences? I've had that experience, right? Yeah. My ex like 
he twisted it into being worried about my health um, during, co- you know, COVID when a lot of people's bodies were changing because our whole lives changed, you know, um, and he was, you know, so I definitely had that experience. It sucked. Um, and I'm like, I was like, this is such BS. Like, you just don't like how I look anymore. <laughs> you know, don't, don't try to hide that. Um, so I think if you've had that experience, like, you know, let people be different just because your ex did something to you or the person you're with is doing something does not mean that next person will. People are different. Like it's, we, a lot of us, like our past experiences are helpful and that we can take lessons to protect ourselves, right. And have better boundaries and learn about ourselves from our past experiences. But when we project them onto new people, we're not allowing other people to be different and show up as themselves. And like, we're almost like self-sabotaging by, assuming the next person is going to do the same thing because they might not it is self-sabotage a hundred percent yeah because it puts you into this little box and now it's the only option you have is to change yourself in order to date which you don't have to do no so letting people be different Mm -hmm. giving people permission to be different yeah and look if if it happens again like you are resilient you can handle that and you know what to do and that you don't deal with that and you walk away right like yeah yeah that's hard. It's really hard. I think it's it's really hard. But when you are, it's it's easier when you realize that like you are worthy and valuable and like you don't need to deal with that and you mm-hmm. can just walk away and you don't need someone to choose you. Like one of my messages on my platform is like, be the chooser. And it's like, why would you choose someone who is saying these things to you? Why would you opt into this? Yeah. Yeah. Put yourself kind of in the position yeah. of power that like I get to decide if they are mm-hmm. for me, not I'm giving my yeah, me yeah like me trying to be who they want me to be so they'll choose like no and I think a lot of women do want to be chosen like that is kind of yeah. programmed into us like think like through literally growing up with Disney and like all the a lot of messages that are still all over TikTok and like social media about like how to make him obsessed with you and how to well, it's like no no you need to be obsessed with him like you like you need to worry about that <laughs> like yeah yeah totally like Put yourself in that position of, Mm -hmm. I am in charge here. Yeah. I mean, a lot of confidence has to come with that. And so how can people build confidence and self-esteem in the dating world, despite, you know, societal beauty standards? Yeah, I think uh, it starts outside of dating. Like it starts in your own life, just dating aside um, and focusing on things that bring you joy, focusing on things you're good at recognizing your own success and things that you're good at, like actually calling it out. There's this amazing book that is incredible for confidence and self-compassion called The Artist's Way. Have you read it? I haven't. No. Okay. Yeah. I love it. It's okay. Like it's a book about creativity, but the whole theme is like self-compassion and loving yourself. And it's, it does talk about God a lot. So like, I'm not religious and you can kind of get past it, you know, if you're not religious, whatever, but it's like that book, like just, it always comes back to self-compassion. So like treating your confidence is like rooted in trust that you can do something like you like you're confident you know how to brush your teeth because you've done it every single day of your life like you're you have no insecurity about brushing your teeth because you know you could do it that's what confidence is like for the rest of your life you're confident you know you can put your shoes on you can like so you could you could type without looking at the keyboard like all these things these little things that you could do so it's just like how do you scale that up into other parts of your life and it's like by focusing on things you enjoy things you're good at and self-compassion, like knowing that you love yourself. I love that. That's so good. <laughs> and so 
we don't want people to wait to start dating until they've mm-hmm. lost weight. Should people wait to start dating until they've built more confidence? No. No, don't wait. <laughs> I mean, I think I think if if you find that dating is sending you into some unhealthy like mental health situations, like you are it's like you're feeling burnt out, you're feeling fatigued, then yes, take a break, right? Like if you're in that position where you open the apps and like the minute you open the apps, you are feeling negative, delete them, take a break that you can't date from that place. I mean, for me, after a breakup, I def I think, look, I don't, I don't think this is bad, but yes, people do date for validation. Like some mm-hmm. people and a lot of people are dating and swiping just because they want to be like liked by someone. And I think that's fine. Just like if it's that's you just call it out, right? <laughs> you know, just accept it. Like it's okay. It's okay. Like I don't think I think you can gain confidence while dating, mm-hmm. but it is a little like, you know, you're you have to recognize that you are basically using people for validation, which a lot of people do. Like it's not the worst thing in the world. But yeah. Yeah. yeah and so maybe you know, dating and perhaps getting validation, but also working on these other things and finding what you're really good at yeah. and building your confidence with those other things. Ultimately, we have to learn how to self-validate because if you go and get into a relationship needing another person for validation, it just, it, it's a very slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I feel like a lot of people almost develop this fear of being alone mm-hmm. and then, you know, they're looking for somebody else to kind of just push that yeah, down exactly like I wanted to be single for a whole year like I, I'm definitely a serial monogamist and that like I just I'm always in relationships so I wanted to be single for like just a solid year and I still dated right I just didn't let the my the dates go further like then like into a relationship I just would cut it off early before something could happen and like I did have to go through that like I'm fine alone I had it was kind of crazy like I'm like okay there is a chance here I might never, ever find someone to like get married to or like have a life with. What would I do? What would my life look like? Like I actually mapped out like what would the next five years look like if I just didn't meet anyone? What about the next 10 years? And I, that like at first was scary because I was in a relationship for six years and that my mindset was like, okay, we're going to buy a house. We're going to do this. And it's like all this stuff we're going to do together. But then it's like, oh, shoot, I'm 30 and I have like no plan for my soul if I'm solo, Right. So I think um, that's also really important to, it's it's sad to accept sometimes, but it's like, but it can be really empowering. It's like, oh, wait, I can do whatever I want. So I think that's also important to think about if you're single and then you, you become less reliant on needing, like you're not desperate because you know you're going to be okay by yourself. Mm. It's, it sounds very similar to the body image journey too. And this place of acceptance and it's not necessarily like, Ooh, I accept my body. I'm so happy with the Mm -hmm. way that I look. It's more just like, okay, like I can work with this and I can live my life. And it sounds like the process of kind of working through that fear of being alone is very similar. Yes, definitely. It doesn't mean you're going to be alone forever. It just means we've processed. It just means that like you've you can use what's within you to accept it. Like you don't need another person or some external factor to have that feeling. And that is like so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And would any of your tips, I know we've talked a lot about the apps. Yeah. I feel like everybody meets on the apps these days. I don't know too many people who have met in real life now, but do any of your tips differ for people who are trying to meet somebody in real life? So I actually think that 
if you are someone who struggles with body image issues, it's like almost easier to meet someone in real life in a way because they have they can they can see your energy, they can see that confidence. Um, they get your vibe. Like it's hard, it's so hard. You can't feel attracted to someone's profile. Like you can't feel attracted to six pictures and like three sentences about someone. So yeah, in real life, I think it it's a lot harder. It's mm-hmm. a lot more difficult because in real life, like if I met you and I was like, oh, wow, Brittany's cute. Like, let me talk to her. I don't know. I don't know if you're single, if you're what, yeah. what your sexuality is, how, what your age is like on the True. apps, you have all this information. So it's like a little easier. So but yes, in person, if that's the that's the one catch, like all this still applies, but it is harder because it's a lot more legwork. You have to leave your house. Yep. You have to like put clothes on and like leave your house and like find somewhere to go. Yeah. So it's, I think it's, I think you should, I I would say most daters, like if you're looking to get into a relationship soon, do both. Like, yeah. Be open to in-person meeting and use the apps. What kind of places are good in real life to meet people? Literally anywhere. I I did a poll recently, like a kind of a survey of like where people met someone in real life, like everywhere from like waiting in line at a Broadway show to like church or like where you might expect like something like that or like class right like those are very common spaces for people to meet in fail mm-hmm. lines coffee shop someone wrote they like accidentally hit like almost hit a pedestrian and then they end up married like, oh my <laughs> like that's amazing <laughs> like <laughs> so you know just it, it, it's more about being open and and um like yeah just being open to conversations and not worried about the outcome because you could again you could end up talking to someone who just isn't your sexuality and you're not their desired gender so like but like you have to practice just talking and just you never know (laughs) yeah practicing talking that's a that's a hard one I feel like we've become really today yeah yeah (laughs) we've become so I don't know I feel like COVID really just messed with our ability yeah. to just talk to people. Everybody's so antisocial well, and on their phone. I don't know. It also like the location, it depends on the location. Like I feel like yeah. some places around the world are it's like much easier to talk to people and like people are friendlier based on where you are. Um, like I've lived on both coasts and like on the East Coast, I feel like it's a lot easier to just strike up conversations on like West Coast or people are a little more standoffish and like I don't know. <laughs> so it's but it's tricky that's why again i like the apps i think they're extremely efficient they do come with a lot of um like drawback like mental health they cause more mental health issues i think because it's an app like any social media also like isn't great for our mental health so yeah there's pros and cons you know definitely yeah yeah but being open to both and trying for both yeah and when it comes to body image i think the one difference is that when you are swiping on the apps, you can be literally on the toilet. <laughs> like, but when you're in person, you do kind of have to. Like if you're trying to meet someone in real life, you do have to put more effort into your appearance pretty much any time you step out of the house because you never know who you're going to run into. And when I say effort, I do just mean like making sure your hair is brushed and like brushing your teeth, you know, just stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Your clothes are clean. It's not yeah, like exactly. old glam situation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's really good advice. And I know a lot of what we talked about has been geared toward people who are single, but mm-hmm. for people who are maybe in relationships, are there specific communication strategies that you'd recommend for addressing body image concerns with a partner? I think starting with curiosity is always the best bet and opening up a conversation where it's like just literally like talking with a partner about body issues as a concept 
can lead into some really enriching conversations mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> literally before we started, I like I asked my boyfriend if he ever had any body issues, <laughs> and we were talking about that for like during breakfast. Um, and I think being honest and open with your partner about your body issues in a way that makes them know that they are not supposed to be the person to heal you, right? It's like mm-hmm. you have to bring it up so that they know it's not their responsibility to heal you mm-hmm. or like do like they can't change your body image, how you feel about your body. They could they they could affect it positively or negatively in some ways, like obviously like based on what they say and do, but they're ultimately not going to be your healer. They can't. Like you have to do that. Yeah. And if they do something that is influencing you negatively, absolutely bring it up yeah, and be like, this is how it affects me. This is why. And this is the adjustment. When you're talking to your partner, you have to be explicit in the adjustment that you need them to make. You can't just be like, um, you're making me feel worse at my body and I already feel bad. You have to say like exactly what they need to change and what they need to do or not do because they can't. Yeah. Like you need to give that to them, you know? So like mm-hmm. so that, that way they'll be more successful, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Are there any kind of generic tips for how people can support their partners who may be struggling with body image? If your partner is struggling, I think che- like being the one to to start a conversation and check in about it is like really nice because I do think these things are if you're struggling with this, it's probably on your mind a lot, but you don't always want to talk about it. So yeah. like if you have a partner who's opening the door to that conversation, that's so validating and just like makes you feel really seen. Mm-hmm. And especially again, approaching it with warmth, love, and just curiosity of like, Hey, how are you feeling lately? Like we haven't talked about this in a while or like, you know, or also being attuned to things, especially on the holidays. Like if you are with a partner who, you know, struggles with body image and they're around their family and you know, it triggers them checking Mm -hmm. in with them, being on their side. If the conversation turns to body and weight stuff, you can be the one to be like, Hey, you know what? Let's talk about how good this mashed potatoes I don't know, like you know something else so it's like being aware of that I think is a great place to start mm-hmm. and how can people ask for help if they're struggling I mean I would say I always start a conversation like this has been on my mind right like and then but again it's like what are you asking your partner to help you with you need to be really specific mm-hmm. and you need to know what that is before you have that conversation of like how they're going to help you because it's not on them to figure that out. You can't totally. put that on them. They they don't necessarily know. So yeah. Yeah. They're not your therapist. They're just there right. to support you. And so they, they're not an expert in body image, probably. Maybe they are, yeah. but like probably <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. And so asking for what you need, that's a hard thing for people, but it's really important. Well, yes. That's like literally what I've been teaching a lot is that it's like knowing your needs and asking and being able to ask for them. It's, I think it's like one of the most important things. Uh, in relationships, yeah. even friendships, even any like any kind of relationship. Yeah. Totally. Like you're not being selfish. You're not inconveniencing people. No. People who care about you want to support you, but they need to know how. Otherwise it turns into another self-sabotage thing where yes. you're not asking, they don't know, it doesn't happen. You don't feel yeah. cared for. Yeah. And it's okay, it's okay to also just vent, right? Like yeah. even in my friendships, like I'd be like, hey, I just want to talk about this. I don't need your advice. Like I don't want your advice right now. Like we're not solving this problem. I just want to like lean on you for a sec and that's also fine like with your partner like that again that gives them a direction it tells them they want to help you like if you're in a, hopefully like, you know they they're on your team so if you're telling them like hey I don't need you to solve this but I just want to talk about it and air it out and I want you to hug me and like that's it you know yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. And asking for the hug, not waiting for it. I or... always ask for the hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because sometimes people are, are comfortable with different levels of, you know, physical affection. And so yeah. some people don't want the hug and you never quite yeah. know. So if they someone asks for it, then it's like, hell yeah, I'll give you a hug. That's so nice. Yeah, it's yeah. so interesting how good communication make things easier. <laughs> huh, so <laughs> And so what about with sex? How does body image and like dating and approaching that kind of come into play, whether somebody's with a new partner or someone that they've been with for a long time? Yeah, I mean, from what I've like learned myself about this, I think it starts with self-play and self-pleasure, like Mm -hmm. being able to, again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, like it comes from within you. Yeah. It's your partner can influence it either way, but it's going to be easier and it's like you have access to you at all times so like you can explore yourself um and and like enjoy that there's a great book called come as you are um yeah yeah so i think reading i think this there's parts of that book that also address this part of like because i think yes i mean i think body image and how much you enjoy sex are directly connected so it's definitely worth picking up books on this talking to your therapist um, or talking to, to an expert about this because it can really affect how much you enjoy sex. Yeah. Yeah. Or even if you engage in it at all. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think I remember this book I read a long time ago called The Big Girl by Kelsey Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, she also talks about this and her it's like a memoir and she is she she was like big in the intuitive eating world. So, um, yeah, she talks about that, too, with her now husband, like and her body image issues around that. So I think that would be a good read as well. Okay, great. That would be yeah. an awesome resource. I haven't read that one. Yeah, it's, it's, she's funny too. <laughs> that always helps, especially make it like a heavy topic a little bit yeah. lighter. It's good to bring some humor in there. Awesome. Do you have any final tips or final words of wisdom for anybody listening? Yeah, I guess I just want to reiterate that like you are someone's type. Someone's going to love you. You're dateable. You don't need to change anything about yourself um, to be dateable. And everyone's on their own journey, right? Like there's no end point where it's okay now I've healed everything and I'm ready to date like nope do it now you can do a lot of healing in a relationship mm-hmm. so don't delay get on the yeah. apps <laughs> yeah go for it go for it I love that yeah where can people find you you can slide into my dms on instagram at dating.intentionally that is basically the only platform I have right now and then I have my podcast which is called dating intentionally it's on all the podcast platforms Wonderful. I feel like everybody listening who's kind of dating right now, they're going to be checking out your podcast and following Yay. on Instagram. So, yeah, this is so yeah. fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been really wonderful talking to you and finally meeting you as well. So yeah. hopefully, you know, people get a lot out of this and maybe you'll come on again at another point. We'll talk about it. I hope so. That'd be great. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.